This episode of Movie Beatdown is sponsored by you. That's right, you. After you've enjoyed the show, and I'm sure you will, feel free to support us over at moviebeatdown.com slash donate. Hold on to your butt. Hey, welcome to Movie Beatdown, where we'll re- we are rediscovering movies with Blake Snyder's book, Save the Cat. This is episode 12, brought to you the week of July 16th, 2015. I'm your host, my name is James Kennison, and with me as always is Paulie Godbout. Hi, Paul. Hey. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you. Today, we will be beating down uh, 1993's entry-level horror film with, with lizards, uh, Jurassic Park. Entry level, huh? Yeah, that's what I call it. Because secretly, it's it's um, it's like a horror movie. You're being stalked by a monster. In this case, you know, various incarnations of this monster. And you're being eaten by them. Okay. There are more people eaten in this movie than Freddy Krueger. All right. I just, what, I just don't understand entry level. Oh, oh. It's, uh, I, I let my kids watch it. And oh, okay. I won't let them watch real horror movies. Oh, okay. But when so it's I was a, it's watching a gateway it, horror movie. Yeah, I was like, dude, there's you're being chased by the monster. The monster is eating people uh, that smoke cigarettes, except for their arm, and placing it sneakily <laughs> next to a thing. But uh, Jurassic Park, uh, the IMDb description is horrible, as always. During a preview tour, uh, the log line here, uh, a theme park suffers a major power breakdown that allows its cloned dinosaur exhibits to run amok that makes it sound like some guy uh <laughs> has some cardboard cutouts yeah. that he made copies of, of of some uh some raptors yeah they're running amok i don't like the word amok there's too few letters in it for it to be a muck anyway but um i found a better one um it was on freebase uh through plex plex is a great thing so it, here, here it is. This is the proper one. A wealthy entrepreneur, Yorodo. <laughs> wealthy entrepreneur. I can't do it. A, wel- a wealthy entrepreneur secretly creates a theme park featuring living dinosaurs drawn from pe- prehistoric DNA. Before opening day, he invites a team of experts and his two eager grandchildren to experience the park and help calm anxious investors. However, the park is anything but amusing as the security systems go offline and the dinosaurs escape. Much better. Yeah, much better. Long and hard to say, but um, much better. Yeah. They're not exhibits. It's it's interesting, and I know that we haven't officially jumped into this yet, but... Uh, look! Look who! Look who they have listed as the protagonist in this logline. Um. Oh man, hold on. The eager grandchildren. That's right. Yeah. No. <laughs> the wealthy entrepreneur. Ah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll get, we'll into get all that there. Stuff, but because uh, oh yeah. man, I had questions about that. Well, anyway, um, this is uh movie number two hundred nine in IMDb's top two hundred and fifty. Ridiculous. Yeah, I know. A lot of people don't like that. That top two fifty. And it's because it's so pop culture. I mean, meaning um, people can log on anywhere, anytime, and kind of inflate. It's not based on anything other than people's clicking on something. Well, and then that makes me even more angry that it's it's way back at two oh nine. I think this movie yeah. should be anyway. We'll, we'll you'll 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 see here very quickly. Well, it's how much one I, I will say right now before I will mention that they won three Oscars for sound and visual effects and visual and uh, 
editing of audio. Um, I will say that this is one of my top three favorite movies of all time. And I will say that I have always, always really liked this movie. But then here about two weeks ago when we announced that we were going to be doing this movie, I started watching this again. And I cannot tell you how many times I've watched it over the last two weeks. I almost didn't even want to do this show because I was kind of going, there's no way that we're going to cover everything. People are going to get angry. I'm going to get angry because I'm the more I watch it, the more if I went back and listened to this, I would probably be yelling at myself saying, Oh, you forgot this and this, and you never even talked about that. It's just, I mean, every time I watched this over the last two weeks, just more and more brilliance jumped out. Oh, brilliance. I was not expecting that. Really? I thought you'd be critical. Uh, no, I, so I, I will, I will, I want to say this real quick. This movie is like, when I think of a film, I think of this movie. Huh? Um, when I think of a, a story told through, through movies, through cinema, through film, what, however you want to put it. I think that's this, because I think this movie, it, because we always talk about the story and a lot of times, you know, movies nowadays get hung up on visual effects or all these other things. This is a movie that everything works together. And like, this is a true coalescence of every element of the medium. I think that this is an incredibly well-written script. I think that the direction uh, of Steven, Steven Spielberg, um, I think it just adds to the story. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't take anything away. I think it just, I mean, ev- there's so many things that we're going to talk about that I, that any other movie, you, you might want to fight me on it and be like, oh, we don't really talk about that stuff on this show. And I'm on this one, I'm going to be like, but let me, let me explain because it's a part <laughs> yeah, of the I'm, story. I'm going to let and, you and you'll so, see why yeah. <laughs> later on. <laughs> no, it's uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. I, I, nobody, I guess. I, I don't know what else he's done, but <laughs> um, I think he did Roger Rabbit or something. But um, it was written by Michael Crichton. Everybody knows this guy. He did the novel, of course. And I was very happy to find out that he also did the screenplay and I could only find records of only one other screen, uh, one that he did that with where he wrote it. And you know, cause there's lots and lots of his movies or his, you know, novels have been turned into stuff. He has a lot of character credits because characters that yeah. he created have been used, but rising sun with Connery and snipes, uh, was the only one that I, I saw don't know. That was his, that cool. he, uh, screen wrote. So, uh, I, I love it though. When it's, when it's that, uh, double team type of thing or single team actually, uh, it was also written in part by David uh, Coep. He uh, did Mission Impossible, Lost World, Spider-Man, the, the 2002 version, and a, a favorite movie of mine, uh, Panic Room. So it's a little known movie, <laughs> <laughs> but it was about a panic room. So it was good. Um, so yeah, I I'm gonna go ahead and say that as we as we start to go through our beat sheet here, that um, I'm not gonna have a whole lot to contribute. This movie, my favorite movie, the movie I thought I'd have absolutely no problems with, <laughs> ate my lunch, especially um, the the ending, the whole ending sure. I, and the beginning, I will say also. Uh, so I'm going to be very much, uh, usually I'm like challenging you. I'm like, the starting point was here. This is the guy. He was kneeling and the aliens got him. Um, but today I'm going to be like, um, well, what do you think about this? <laughs> and so you probably won't get as much fight as you thought. Um, so our genre, let's start there. We always do. Um, I, I put monster in the house because we got an Island. We got monsters seem pretty easy to me, but, um, 
Am I right? Uh, I think you are. Uh, I, I I think that if uh, Christian Sudruth were with us right now, he would say that this is a buddy love movie because everyone in this movie <laughs> loves dinosaurs till the end. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's a tragic love story. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> uh, protagonist um, is Dr. Grant. Yes. And uh, his flaw, we talked about this a little bit uh, before the show, uh, but I'd like to get back into it. His, his flaw Flaws, in my opinion, and, and from what I've read and from what I've experienced, and half the time on this show, when we see a flaw of the main character, it usually uh, it, it's it's uh, part of the big change that happens in the main character, yeah. and a lot of times it's connected with the solution uh, to the movie's problem or whatever the people are are going through. I think about John McClane in Die Hard, you know, his fear of heights. And how somehow or another that worked out to help him beat, uh, uh, you know, the guy, Hans. yeah, Hans Gruber um, at the end there, uh, and the watch, and you know, all the different symbolisms. Yeah. But this guy's flaw, as far as I saw, uh, other than get, being misunderstood about birds and dinosaurs, which didn't seem to be like a big thing to me, is he just simply doesn't like kids. Yeah, I mean, I think there's that. I mean, I think you know, he to take it a little bit deeper. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out exactly how to approach this because you said a number of different things in here. So sticking with Dr. Grant at first, uh, I agree that is, you know, one of the things that needs fixing. Um, but I also think that it's, it's a, it's a part of a bigger issue where it's old meeting new old versus new ancient versus, you know, modern times. Um, you know, so I think, you know, they make it very clear in the beginning when we first meet Dr. Grant, uh, you know, he even says, I think the very first thing is I hate computers. Mm. You know, he doesn't, uh, he's a work with your hands, like dig down in the dirt kind of guy. He's, you know, for lack of better phrasing, he's old school. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, this whole movie is all about like just the collision between old and new. Um, and so I think that the, the issue with the kids, that's also a part of that is, you know, so it's, it, 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 um, you know, it's him having to realize that, you know, the next generation, the newer thing, you know, has something to contribute, you know, they, that there is a place for advancement. And we're going to get more into that stuff here a little bit later. But I think that you are right that he doesn't seem to have the major flaw. It does play a role in the solution as we'll get to. However, um, one of the things that we didn't talk about last week, which was a monster in the house movie, um, with Ghostbusters because I don't know that we really needed to, cause it wasn't really there, but you know, in, in, in these kinds of movies, um, you know, you're, you're always going to have, like, there's a sin, um, that is, is committed. Like there's, there's something that's, that's, uh, you know, that is causing all of this. And so, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Grant doesn't have that. In fact, we've got that in, in John Hammond, um, uh, where he, you know, we'll kind of get into this stuff in a minute, but, um, you know, he, he, um, Stood on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm looking I mean, as, as you can see, my notes are like, there's arrows <laughs> everywhere and stuff and I'm trying to keep, keep uh, moving in one direction. But uh, yeah, yeah. He, um, he doesn't respect, um, you know, the science and, and, and nature in general. And then we've got another sin of greed uh, from, uh, was the his name lawyer. Dennis? Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say that the, the computer programmer. Oh, um, see, but but we're we're kind of crossing over into antagonists, though, in a way. So let's before yeah. we go completely there, let's stay on Doctor Grant, and I I want to challenge or or just bat back and forth that interesting concept you had about old versus new. Um, 
there were several points in there that uh, absolutely he's got technology. They shoot a, a shotgun in the ground. There's a raptor that appears. He tries to touch it. You know, it doesn't work out. But um, and then later on, they're they're sending the steps inside of the uh, the Jurassic Park home base center there, and he says, you know, I guess we're whatever, whatever. And and, and Ian Malcolm says, don't you mean extinct? Um, so I I do see that theme in there, um, but I. I'm going to keep it. I always am a fan of keeping it simple. You're the novelist, you're the screenwriter. So you see the connections and, and I honor that. But for me in my house and for the kids that I took to see the movie, uh, he just doesn't like kids. Yeah. And I do see that over and over and over. But if I, if I want to cheat a little and, and say, okay, well, this has got to work into the solution somehow. Um, I would have to go back to what you were saying about young and new um, cause one of the turning points, even though it's one of the most hated moments in all of film history for nerds, uh, is it's a Unix system. I know this. And she surfs through some sort of GPU that where she fixes the doors, the little girl and a computer come together to save them, yeah. you know, from, from the thing. So, you know, you, you may have a, a great point, um, well, and, and the part of the reason, I mean, number one, yes, I will. But fight maybe to the he doesn't death like that, anything but. new, kids or or computers or new technology. He likes things. Well, to it's stay all about, the same. Yeah, and, and I'm getting ahead of us here, but he, he's yeah, you're right. You you put it well there at the end. He he likes things to stay the same because later in the film he actually admits that I guess we're going to have to evolve, mm. and we're, we'll get into all that stuff or whatever. Um, you know, but I, but the, part of the reason why I wanted to bring up the whole sin thing is because that's a major element of 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 monster these in kind the house. of monster in the house movies, but also because um, you know, like you said. Uh, you know, usually the, or Dr. Grant isn't like, to me, like he's not the, the, um, like he doesn't have the most to learn. Like it, he's not a part of like the big picture story. And that's one of the things that I think is so, uh, great about this movie is it's, you know, John Hammond is the one who needs to learn the overall, like big, massive, a story lesson. Um, you know, so our protagonist, our main character, it's, you know, his, his big story is the B story. Right. You know, but I think it's a great idea to make him the protagonist because I can relate a lot more to a guy that doesn't know a whole lot about technology, um, who's not a you know billionaire, who's not a little eccentric. You know, it's just I think it's a better person for the audience to view this world, you know, through his eyes versus, you know, uh, John Hammond. So, yeah. Okay, so you would say that your protagonist is 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 Hammond. Well, no, I, I I would say that Dr. Grant is still the protagonist. He's the one who we track with. He's our entry into this story and everything. I'm just saying that he just doesn't have the most to, to yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's it's just a complicated story. And this is a movie that I I can I I feel like we can go through and we can make beats fit or make parts of the movie fit into the beats. But you know, there are a lot of people, um, you know, who who don't think that there is even, you know, three act structure is something that you follow right. and on and on, on it goes. Um, and, and this movie I think is, is a movie that people could easily look to, to make a case for, for that. I mean, I think yeah. that it still fits and, and all that, but as we're going to talk about, there's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of going back and forth. And it's just the fact that Spielberg is a master at his craft that enables, you know, a complex story like this to actually 
fly by, even mm-hmm. though it's two hours long kind of thing. So, well, and I, I will, um, let's just agree that we're going to see two different levels of things. We're going to see the movie goer guy, me, we're going to see the simplistic top level beat sheet kind of thing. And then the Michael Crichton guy back here, uh, cause he was a novelist and he did write the screenplay. And so he's going to put things in there as much as he can. I've read the book. I've actually read it a couple of times. And um, a lot of this, you know, is, I mean, it's totally different, obviously. It? Yeah, it's quite a bit different because it's more about um, these raptors breeding in mass. I mean, they've been doing it for a long time down in the caves and they're making their way to the mainland. It's almost hmm. like uh, Lost World 2, just or Lost World, I'm sorry, <laughs> Jurassic Park 2. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, now antagonist, I want to talk about this a little bit. And I said we crossed over because I had, and it's not... Uh, the main one, but I, I had a lot of antagonists when it came down to it. Sure. I know a lot of these that I'm going to say are not the antagonists, but they are antagonists. Strictly speaking, <laughs> if this was a 1950s Batman movie, Dennis Nedry would be uh, the bad guy. He is the one. He's the one that caused the problem. He's sure. the one that threw everything up. He's the one that has a sin. He's, he's, he's in debt. He doesn't like what Hammond's done. Um, we could also say Dodson, you know, and, and in the book, uh, Dodson was uh, a, lot, a bit, lot more of a big character and the company that he um, worked, for. Uh, worked for was a lot bigger part. And I think a bigger antagonist hmm. uh, than what we saw. But um, but Dennis Nedry, obviously, uh, his debt and his his little can of of. Uh, Barbasol. Uh, our Barbasol. <laughs> oh, that thing. I mean, this is not story, but that thing fell in the ground. You know, it, it gets mud washed over it. And every human being back in there that saw that, 1993, said, oh, yeah. that one there. And it never comes up again. But it only had 36 hours of coolant. So that's true. Uh, it never had to go through customs. So. <laughs> Uh, but, so, so Dennis Nedry's our bad guy, Dodson, nah, you know, whatever. He just wants to be a secret agent. And, uh, and then the, <laughs> then there's the dinos. Okay. The dinosaurs, the yeah. T-Rex, the, the, the raptors. And, and to a certain extent, um, I wouldn't blame the T-Rex for being a bad guy any more than I would, I don't know, a lion taking down a sheep. Sure. You know, he's, he's just doing what T-Rexes do, um, eating lawyers off toilets uh but the the obviously the um the raptors you know have problem solving intelligence mm-hmm. they are systematically testing the fences for weaknesses they master doorknobs you yeah. know not doorknobs but they figured out how to open doors yeah and they're really good at fogging up glass um so they're kind of bad guy like you know but again i still have to go back for me anyway and say but that's just what they do yeah you know they they are raptors um and then lastly i found myself getting a little artsy fartsy on this and i'll be very surprised if you agree with me but um i i just thought that life life is the bad guy in this film to a certain extent. Yeah. I, the word I would use is nature. Okay. Cause, cause they, you know, uh, Ian Malcolm and we'll get, we'll, we'll just say the theme stated for me was by Ian Malcolm 31 minutes into the movie when he said life finds a way. Um, it seemed like there was this whole thing of, of engine and, and Hammond trying to make, nature do what he wanted it to do to package it you know slap a thing on it and yeah. then you get it out just like they said in the debate thing the second debate um 
and and of course uh in this prepackaged thing works for a little while until something you know life finds a way yeah. to explode through it bursts forth it breaks through barriers it's exactly what ian malcolm yeah you know had said so anyway comment on any and all of that and follow as many little squiggly lines on your notes as you need to yeah so uh you know with antagonist i have you know the the big one overall i i would say is is nature i mean it's you know i think that's we see that from the opening image yay um yeah so i would agree with you there i mean it's kind of like you know with a movie like twister which i think came out probably a few years after this but it's like you know it's the tornado no there were bad, there, bad guys in that there movie. There are, but I'm saying like- They that's, were bad tornado chasers. Don't you understand? There are bad tornado chasers. <laughs> okay. They're evil. They do it. They don't do it for the science. <laughs> they do it for the YouTubes. There, there's the, yeah, there's the rivalry, but it's, yeah, the, <laughs> but the big thing here, I think this is a story of, like you said, I mean, life finds a way. I, um, we'll, we'll, I'll hold off on some theme stated stuff for a bit till we get to that. Um, you know, but I, I do think that, um, you know, I, I, and this is, this is a rough thing for me because I would say that, you know, Hammond is also very much an antagonist, um, because he's the one who, from the very beginning, it's all like you've kind of already, uh, said, you know, he's trying to control something that cannot be controlled and he's, he's going against everybody else. I mean, from, like you said, there's even the second debate kind of area. I mean, just throughout the whole thing, it's just like, he's trying to force something that you can't force. Well, and he's, spared no expense. He thinks money is if you got enough money, you can do anything you want. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So, I mean, he, you know, so in a well-told story, um, you know, your, your protagonist is going to, everyone is going to in some way be an antagonist to them to force them to grow. I mean, even his girlfriend, Dr. Statler, Sattler, whatever, she's the one f- you know, foisting the kids to ride with or on him and everything. Cause she's trying to help him grow. Man. And, um, you know, and then, you know, Hammond is obviously at odds with him from the very beginning. And, you know, it's just, everybody seems to be at odds with, with Dr. Grant, which is another reason why I, I have him as being, you know, my protagonist, um, you know, but yeah, so to go back to that. So even, even, uh, Hammond, I don't know that you would classically call him, you know, your, your bad guy, but he's the one who's trying to play God, and so he's the one who has this sin, you know, this lack of respect and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it's, I, I think this is a, a very heavily nuanced movie and overall it's, it's, it's nature, it's life. And then we have a few different people who, uh, people and, uh, dinosaurs that are, uh, bringing that to life. So okay. to speak, you know? this, this is funny because I had Hammond down as a possible bad guy, but, and I talked over my wife and I'm like, yeah, but he never does anything intentional to, you know, like I'm going to cover this up or we're going to bury this or we're going to hide, you know, explode the Island with everyone on it. You know, that's your traditional, uh, capitalist, you know, yeah. bad guy. Um, but, but I go and I think about, um, uh, uh, transformers extinction where the main bad guy, dude, um, he kind of looks like, uh, Oh, who's the guy in Apple uh, that died? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. He's kind of a Steve Jobs kind of guy. He's a genius, dude. He's a bad guy half the movie, and then he flips the script, and he kind of becomes one of the main reasons the whole thing works out. He's huh. like the B story or whatever, or the C story. Um, but I don't see Hammond doing that from the very no, beginning. No. And even through the end, yes, he has that, that, that sit down with uh, Evie Hammond or whatever her name is, um, Sorry, that's from V for Vendetta. What was her name? I don't know. But Doc, she, the doctor. Yeah, they're eating ice cream and they're having a great yeah. time. And and she yells at him and gets on him. 
and and he's still like you know other than his grandkids he doesn't care yeah and and again that's why i say like i'm not making him a definitive antagonist i mean and that's another reason that the scene that you're talking about right there is another reason why it, i kind of go yeah he is very much a protagonist in this i mean this is definitely a yeah, multi-strand right, truly you know, grant should have had a sit down come to jesus meeting at some point yeah but he didn't have a flaw that was really significant. Yeah. And they worked out the flaw through the B story. Well, and, and another thing with, with Hammond is he has that conversation with, um, with, with Dennis, the, the Nedry programmer guy where he says, you know, I do not blame people for their mistakes, but I do ask that they pay for them. Great and line. Oh boy, does he pay for his mistakes over and over and over again throughout this. So it's like everybody, I mean, the, to me, like there are so many themes that are all connected you know, in this, um, you know, that one right there kind of goes back to his, he doesn't respect. Well, anyway, I don't, I won't get off on that. Um, but well, anyway, no, so. it's that whole thing. He stands, stands on the shoulders of giants. He, he didn't, res- he didn't have to work for it. So he doesn't respect it. Exactly. You know? So a lot of good stuff in there yeah. Dur- during, during a very lengthy setup. All right. So now let's get into it. <laughs> you think we talked to half the movie already. Uh, opening image is a visual that represents the struggle of the tone of the story. Um, if you want to know more, of course, read, uh, Save the Cat um, by uh, Evie Hammond. And uh, the, the opening image seemed to say to me, and I was there in, in 2000, no, I'm sorry, 1993, uh, the only other computer animated movie that we had seen to this level was Terminator 2, and it was just the T-1000. So we walk in here, and we don't know what we're going to see, and we had been schooled since uh, grade school that t-rexes were the ultimate gigantic bad dinosaur so i know from my unique perspective anyway that the one of the main things this thing was trying to tell me from the beginning is even small dinosaurs can be freaking scary and dangerous okay that's because you saw how the beginning was that all the guys are looking up right the trees are shaking up high and then what comes out a box yeah with a smaller dinosaur. Yeah, it's nine foot, whatever. But um, they lower the thing and they put it in, you know, uh, pushing team. I wanted to be on the pushing team. I know, team. right? <laughs> well, then the pushing team becomes the loading team. Loading team, step away. It's yeah. like, hey, we got an upgrade. <laughs> More money. And then they pull the one black dude. They put him on top and uh, gatekeeper. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Key master. I'm going to yeah. say this. Yeah, the gatekeeper in the last movie had a much better job. <laughs> And, and and like they don't have that motorized. They have three lights as you're pushing it in. Uh, red, yellow, green. It's in. It's there. It's secured. Some sort of lock, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I told them we should have put locking mechanisms on the doors. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so small dinosaurs are dangerous, is what I see coming from the big tree shake all the way down to uh, dude getting eaten. Well, Shoot him. Yeah. Um. So, so I have with that opening image, the, all the things that you said, but as far as like really capturing the essence of the movie, showing me, um, you know, what I'm actually in for. And I will admit, like, I did not catch this. The, I would not have thought of this the first time that I watched it or whatever, but, uh, with subsequent watches and everything. And, and just with all of the different themes that we've, we've talked about the very first thing we see, like you said, it's, it's a great suspenseful thing where you see the tree shaking and all these guys watching and you fully expect because you're coming to see a dinosaur movie you're expecting like a dinosaur on a leash or something and, and it's the up cop high. the cop from police academy is in there too and that makes it serious <laughs> did you see him uh-uh, oh, not at all okay. but next time because i will watch this a thousand more times but um no but what i see that they're that they're showing is 
man crashing through nature. You have a big metal box. You don't have the dinosaur that comes through. You don't have the natural thing that comes through. You have a man-made box containing a man-made dinosaur, which we don't see yet, but it's crashing through the, the, the leaves on the trees. And, mm. and I think that is what the kind of movie that we're in for. That's the debate. That's the struggle that's going to be happening. Um, yeah, I have that's man- good. But what I found myself thinking this time as I'm, I'm looking through it, you know, with this eye is I'm like, okay, they didn't have this path mapped out before <laughs> they're, they're coming from a facility to a facility. Yeah, There's right. not a road. Yeah. But, anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I, uh, I, I mean, that's, that to me is what that opening image conveys, but it also shows us that we're in for a monsters in the house movie, that mm-hmm. these things are dangerous. Um, I like the fact that um, Muldoon is the only person who does respect these animals and he's willing to kill them, um, you know, because he's, you know, he's the life that is going to find a way. And how are we going to find a way? Well, we're going to kill this thing. Um, <laughs> that's the only way to find a way through this. Um, you know, we, we, even yeah. Cause have, he says that right at the beginning, he's yeah. like, they should all be, they should all be killed. Yeah. And, um, and I'm going to say too, before we move too much forward is if it were me, and this was my Jurassic Park. Um, as soon as they hatched out of the egg, when they're still hand sized, I just lop them over the fence. It's a lot easier. <laughs> it's a lot less dangerous. People don't have to go home dead, you know, to their families on the boat. Yeah. Before the, the before the hurricane that just popped up out of freaking nowhere. <laughs> Nobody saw this hurricane coming for miles and yeah. miles. Anyway, well, it changed direction in their in their defense. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. But um, uh, theme stated, theme stated, life finds a way. Ian Malcolm, what do you say? I'll give you that one. I will also go a lot earlier. And um, Dr. Grant, when he's having um, the the great discussion with the kid, which we're going to get into here in a second, (laughs) um, he says, I think he says, try to show a little respect. Yeah. That's what he tells the kid because the kid doesn't fear. It's like an eight foot turkey. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't fear the the, the turkey monster or any of that (laughs) stuff. And and so I, I feel like that is that's the that's the the thing that um everyone is trying to get Hammond to understand is that you don't respect this you didn't earn it as you already said you know you stood on the shoulders of other people and you took what they did and you just went the next step and blah 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 um so he's 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 it, it's a it's an issue of respect but i also have written down you know life will uh life will not be contained um it mm-hmm. crashes through barriers life yeah. finds a way so i think it's that I, preaches man yeah and and i think um so yeah so i i would have to say that both of those are are very 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 strong themes throughout this story so good. cool i i i i'm feeling good um because on this one i'm telling you you'll see a point i just i just fall off the cliff here <laughs> all right set up uh it's the before snapshot um and and they do really well because they have a lot of information that they have to plug into yeah. us. Because back then, this idea of birds being dinosaurs was absolutely brand freaking new, cutting edge. Nobody believed it. Now they're saying most dinosaurs had feathers and we're just supposed to accept it. When I was a kid, I colored pictures where dinosaurs drug their tails. Okay. I was the guy that got told that they were cold blooded and yeah. that they didn't travel in herds. They do travel in herds. Yeah. But, um, so we see the insurance man at the caves, okay? So we get the story about Hammond. We're introduced to him. He's not there. He was supposed to be. We find out about Ember. We see that there is a, uh, it's a setup for Mr. DNA later on to tell us what in the world this mosquito is doing in Amber. That whole concept was brand new too. We knew about it for about a year before this movie was made. 
Um, maybe, maybe a couple, but, uh, the whole idea of extracting this stuff from the butt of a, of a mosquito <laughs> was absolutely amazing. Gene sequencing and DNA, the human genome had not been mapped out yet. Yeah. You know, they needed human or, uh, uh supercomputers and, and, and virtual <laughs> reality gloves, which was that, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interactive CD-ROM. Yeah. You touch the screen and stuff happens. That was all amazing. <laughs> and Ford Explorers were also <laughs> really amazing. Um, so, so we see the insurance man, um, you know, we are also introduced to Grant. Grant's like me. He's a digger. Yeah. Bad dates. Oh, sorry. Wrong guy. Um, but we also find out uh, we're introduced uh, to raptors, um, the whole concept of what raptors are, because not only was he uh, preaching to this kid, he was telling us, he was describing to us what raptors were, because seriously, other than brontosaurus, that don't even exist anymore. They're like a patasaurus now because they've had the wrong head on them. T-Rexes, <laughs> triceratops, and ankylosauruses, nobody knew what a raptor was. That's why we accepted that they were nine feet tall. Sure. We now know they're like the size of chickens or something most of the time, uh, except for Utah raptors, which are maybe waist high. I don't know. But we didn't know about raptors. Yeah. And so we got told and sliced across the belly and you're spilling your intestines. This was all amazing stuff. And it was awesome seeing the tubby kid get scared. See, and I want to comment on that before you move on, because this is another area where it's just brilliant. And I would love to know if this was written or if this is something that that Spielberg came up with or whatever um but when he's when when Grant is talking to that kid it's really awesome because he's taught like he's just been made fun of about the whole bird thing and he's trying to make that case well while he's talking to the kid um and he and he goes to do the little scratch thing yeah. you hear a bird screech <laughs> in the background and it's 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 just that that I don't know what like foreshadowing, I guess, mm. of, of what is to come that it's, again, it's all of this old versus new, this is life as it was, you know, meaning, you know, 65 million years ago and life as it is now, what life, you know, life did find a way and it found a way by becoming a bird. And so it's, it's, it, that right there is our old and new connected, you know, he's talking about a dinosaur but to a child that, that he hates. Yes, exactly. So, but you hear that bird in the background. So, um, yeah. So anyway, it's I, I, I love. That I part. like the symbolism of uh, Dennis Nedry slipping down the slide, and you hear a little a little slide whistle go off. He, I wasn't sure if that was just me, but I'm glad I wasn't the only one that. Heard I've heard that, it but. every time I've seen it yeah. for 20 years. So, yeah, that was that was uh, not uh, live on the set right there, unless he had squeaky shoes yeah. on. Well, and a couple of the things that you brought up, you know, like with the the amber ember, I, I can't remember exactly what what you called it, but the, amber, the amber. Um, there's uh, and then even with the 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 raptor that we haven't seen yet, there are so much withholding of information mm -hmm. that builds tension because you talked about how they like this movie is long and there's so much setup that goes into it, um, and all of those things are paid off so much later, and they to me like that's just a brilliant storytelling. Uh, or a way to tell the story is that he he enables that by setting these things up, leaving it as a cliffhanger, not showing you the dinosaurs for so stinking long. Um, you don't even know. Like that's the other thing too is um, if I never had seen this movie, I would not have a clue. Like what John Hammond is inviting them to go see. Like, mm. you know, none of that until you get that scene where that somebody steps out of the Jeep, opens the door and it says Jurassic park and it's got a T-Rex skeleton. Um, but he, he, even in there, he's, you know, they're asking, well, what kind of a, of a, uh, theme park is this? Oh, it's right up your alley. Like we, it's so much information in this, in the beginning of this movie is withheld and it's mm. amazing. It's so, it's so brilliant. 
Good deal. So we found out Grant doesn't like kids and Hammond disses dino bones. It's, it's, you're talking about visual symbolism, the sand from the helicopter scraping across the bones and, um, and that whole thing of him just plopping down, doesn't give a crap about dino bones and the old ways of doing things. He's too forward momentumized to go. I also want to point out that this old dude is the quickest old man in the world because he gets from that helicopter to that. (laughs) That trailer, know, right? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. Andy's to had time to go in, find the the stuff, and, and pop yeah. it open. So. Yeah. Yeah, I wondered if the guy in the helicopter like was just there to pick him up, and that was it. Like, is, yeah, because he does get there. So <laughs> they fast, dug him but, up out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the helicopter guy's like he, he doesn't even turn off his his rotors. You know, he's like I I was paid to stand here. <laughs> yeah. And point so. Um, save the cat moment for Ham, or not Hammond. I'm sorry, uh, for for Mr. Uh, Doctor Grant. There for me anyway was scaring the bratty kid. If you put a brat in his place, you're a hero, and that's when I like Grant. Uh, it's not when he has problems with the um, you know, computer. It's not that he has a pretty assistant or whatever. Um, it's not that he's disrespected by his peers, you know, or anything like that. For me, it's when he scrapes that claw across that kid's guts. See, and I agree with you. I would, uh, I'm always horrible. I never, ever, every show that we've ever done, I've never had a save the cat moment. Cause I never think about it, even though that's the name of the stinking <laughs> book or whatever. Cause I just, I don't know. Like I just, I like characters. And, well, it's an and, optional part. No, I too. know. I know. But it's just funny. Cause when you start bringing the stuff up, it's like, to me, I, I think of it as like, well, what, what makes me root for him? What makes me, you know, uh, ah. on his side. And I, I do for like me, the it's fact, a step back from that. It's like, why should I care about rooting for him? Sure. So. Well, th- there is that, but there's also the element to me that when, when the people like I, I do, I do relate as him saying like, Oh, I hate computers. Not that I hate computers, but he has, he, he's not really familiar with them. I think that's a common person, especially in 1993, that was going to be the majority of the people watching that. Um, And then when, when the the people do laugh at him for his opinion and for his view, I connect with him because it's like, we all like, we all want to root for an underdog. Mm. And so I feel like at that moment, he, even though he's the top of his field, he's being laughed at by like all these guys with mullets and everything else, which is hilarious that it's like, (laughs) you're laughing at a genius. You're laughing at the guy that you're helping. It's so funny to me that, but I mean, you know, it's it's apparently the the boss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But uh, this one kid voices the opinions of all of the, exactly. (laughs) Interns. But yeah, but so that's the initial moment that I kind of find myself rooting for him. But then, yeah, whenever he talks to the kid, you're just like. That is amazing. I wish that I could do that to kids at my son's school, but I can't. So, <laughs> yeah, he he lays it on thick, but um, but he's he's speaking from the heart, and yeah. and so uh, you find that he believes, you know, what he believes, and, and we get that payoff at the end of the movie with that everything that he explains in there is all. It's not just so that we know that these are dangerous things. It's like it's so that everything later on in the film makes sense because mm-hmm. we see all of these things actually play out and and happen and it, it builds that tension too like whenever he starts talk or when he pulls out the hook not the hook but the claw or whatever talon i guess is what they would call it since it's a bird descendant or <laughs> progeny or i can't remember the right word but anyway um but yeah i mean like when we do start to see the the raptors and we see that talon and that's all mm-hmm. we see and it's clicking it's like oh i'm terrified because i know what that thing is associated with so yeah it's just a brilliant way of of yeah, we get a later, we get a so. call a, a payoff with that when it's ticking on the yeah. floor, you know. Yeah, when it's going there. Um, do we have a uh, what? What's our stasis equals death? I didn't fill that in. 
for whatever reason. You, you know, ever? the only thing I, I didn't really fill that in either. Um, I thought about it, but I was like, ah, there's too many other fun things to that me, are just it's, great. But if you sit on a toilet with a seat down, you're going to get eaten. That's, that is true. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, again, because I mean, for Dr. Grant, I would just say, you know, he just seems to be underfunded. And so if he doesn't go with Dr. Hammond, because that's the clincher is I'll finance you for another three years. And so that seems to be like, okay, well, if I don't go, then I'm just going to continue to struggle. I'm going to continue to try and figure this out. But I think that's another, um, well, the before for him snapshot is he's digging in the ground for dinosaurs. The upside down world of act two is he's actually no longer digging in the ground. He's seen them above ground and actually in real life. And they go from bones to flesh and blood and all this kind of stuff. And so, um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's as close to a stasis equals death that I get, um, for, for grant. So, so. we would then agree that the catalyst is uh, Hammond offering to go to the park or, or the, the concept or the whole thing that, that, in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that that's, that's, um, that's definitely the catalyst. I mean, again, there's there's some stuff later on. Yeah, um, it's like a double bump. Almost. For the whole, yeah, it's almost like they've got to just, I mean, because they're trying to keep the movie moving forward. It's like once we get into act two, it's almost like everything resets and there's a yes, miniature act you. one. You know, yeah, no, there's, I agree And there's that, another so. debate there's at a, the dinner table. Oh, there's a wonderful debate. there. To me, there was another, um, uh, I wrote it down here, another catalyst was when, we see him holding that raptor, that baby raptor in his hand. That's when uh, it's still during the intro there, you know, right after they've had Mr. DNA, but that's when it really clicks uh, with our Dr. Grant when he's holding it. What is this? It's a raptor, you know, you've got raptors, you know, and then they go, of course, over to the raptor pen, but, but anyhow, yeah, good, good. I'm not as crazy as I thought. So (laughs) um, our debate uh, was, was really quick. (laughs) wasn't it was in the same scene you know i'll I'll fund your dig oh okay all right yeah let's go um but uh, again i said debate uh my other debate was um right there when they were talking about the what do you call it the uh just because you can you need to ask the question yeah what's that word though where (laughs) ethics the ethics of the thing you know just because you can yeah should you have and then did you cheat did you go above and beyond what, you know, just to, just to make a park? Yeah. Cause they're offended that it was for capitalist reasons rather than science reasons. And, uh, we secretly kind of know that homeboy just likes really cool stuff. He's yeah. got flea circuses. He's got grandkids that he wants to impress. Um, he did send them on the thing. He thought it was safe, you yeah. know? So, uh, anyway, so yeah. debate, any yeah. other comments on debate? Uh, I love, love, love that second debate. I think, I mean, that's the heart of the movie. One of the things that I love so much about this movie and especially that part is these filmmakers, you know, everyone involved in the story process, they actually have, you know, the guts to have a point of view and to have like a really strong point of view. I mean, cause I, I mean, especially in 1993, I mean, just this discussion of what can we do? with this technology and with this science and, and can we play God? Like they, they play that theme or, um, or they, they, or they, they, they have that discussion several times and they bring it up and they make it known, um, you know, that that's what's going on here. That's great. That, if you ask me, is it, know, yeah, okay. I, I would think so. That's, that's, uh, that's kind of one of the themes in the book. So, oh, okay. Well, and, and, and it plays through very much. So like, even in the fact, and this is another reason why I bit, I put, um, uh, Hammond as, 
as an antagonist, um, and this isn't going to necessarily, well, anyway, I'll just go with this. So there's a contrast between light and darkness throughout the movie and Hammond wears all white the whole time. (laughs) Ian Malcolm wears all black the whole time. White is struggling to, to create order in this world. And, uh, Malcolm is a chaotician, castetician, chaotician, yeah, yeah chaotician. There you go. Strange attractors. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, you, so you even have that where believe. it's like to me they're showing they're trying to show visually that Hammond has a god complex. Every he wears all white. He even has a beard. Um, you know, like the five year old Sunday school classroom god and has a beard and all Flan- that kind of flannel stuff. Flannel graph and, god. Yeah. Flannel graph god. There you go. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I think that uh, you know it's that. That that's part of the reason why I love this movie is, um, like I said, just because they're actually not only presenting this, but they're they're making the statement that like, no, this is not ethical. Like, you should not do this. This is like let life find a way because it's going to do that. And guess what? The strong don't always survive. Now wait, it- wait. If I had created a flock of condors, you wouldn't. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to have to keep doing all of the accents. I can't do accents. This is my Sean Connery. Hello, James. How are you? Anyway, moving on. Uh, I just love his accent. It's it's very different. Yeah, it's, it's like we Scottish it, accent. Uh, sort of. Chilean sea bass. Yeah, the, the Chilean. It took me a minute to, to catch that. that oh, it's Chilean. not chili and sea bass? I thought that was gross. I'm like, sea bass is not that expensive. And chili. Uh, and nobody wants to eat. That's funny. As they're sitting around the... That's because it's chili and sea bass. That's right. That's gross. <laughs> so, uh, so debate. Then break into two. Um, where's the plane? I mean, they just immediately uh, they go in, into the helicopter and um, and and have that. But we get a little more more set up with Dennis Nedry. That's when I think we see him and and he's talking to Dodson. Dodson, we got Dodson here. See, nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, then the heli ride. And uh, we meet our chaostician. So yeah, uh, yeah, our, our um, B story guy, or our B world, our opposite world people. Yeah, and uh, he's a rock star. Yeah, so I like him. He he was a surprise in this movie for everyone. You know, he he kind of took it and he ran with it, and he's the reason I still will put up with uh, Lost World because he's just great. Yeah, he's he's movie. an awesome character, and you know, I I think he pretty much plays the same guy in every movie he's in, but <laughs> it still works. Yeah. Works for me. I just like his, you know, yeah, off the hip crap. You yeah. Know? I, speaking of the hip, I love whenever he grabs John Hammond's <laughs> leg. I wish you wouldn't do that. <laughs> and he, he grabs the other knee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but he's creepy too, man. Uh, when they're doing, she's doing the hand and, and he's, she's like, Grant, watch this. And well, Oh, Oh, look there. The drop went off the wrong way. Uh, you know, it just seems like he's about to, I don't know. Grab her somewhere. She should. He should. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so breaking into two. Where's the plane and all that kind of stuff. All right. So uh, B story is is uh, although we see it, uh, it's late. It's it's a little late, but it's still there. Uh, the um, the kids. Are Absolutely. My, are my B story. Absolutely. Yeah. Grandpa. They even kind of uh, do a little setup to to where that uh, the the parents are getting a divorce. Yeah. So these happy divorced children are just, oh, grandpa, you know, as a product of a divorced family twice, <laughs> um, you're not that happy, even if there's dinosaurs, <laughs> kind of put a damper on the whole thing. So, uh, but she's a hacker. I'm a hacker. <laughs> I love that. Which, I mean, okay, so 
obviously we have that spot in the uh, when we first meet her where you know she's tapping on the what is it the interactive CD interactive CD ROM yeah yeah but then she doesn't really talk a whole lot about the whole computer thing until no. like right like almost at the end and then all of a sudden Timmy starts making fun of her like you're a nerd I'm not a nerd I'm a hacker I'm and a it's hacker. and and so it's great that they show they give us that little glimpse in the beginning because there's not really any place for her to be a computer nerd. No. throughout the rest of it and so like that's a that the bringing that back around was you know obviously had to be done um and i thought they did a, a great job of not hitting you over the head with it it's not like she was the one that grabbed the night vision goggles and was like it'd be better if it had this computer chip and it's like they didn't make her like right pudding like they, right. i thought they did that very tastefully so yeah because that's the only time she came across like a a butt you know the rest of the time you feel for her she's scared she's you know gets the snot honor you know and the whole thing she's the one that screams and everything but in the books uh even even in lost world smart children are an important part of the story yeah well and, and that goes back to the the theme of old colliding with new it's like mm. the whole thing of you know she i'm riding with you because she said it would be good for you and he's got to got to got to um you know connect with these kids and and save them because if he doesn't actually have you know, feelings for them, which as we progress throughout this movie, we're going to see that change take place and, and some parts where it's tested and he's, and he fails and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but yeah, he has to learn that in order for, for her to be the solution ultimately. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a joint effort obviously, but it's, but again, that's the whole point is that this is a movie about like that old and new, you know, colliding. So, and it's a little un, uh, it's not really normal. Let me start over what I'm saying. Uh, B story usually is part of the solution that helps the main character find what they need to find. And I just keep coming back to that uh, moment where she learns how to lock the doors through the computer, which is insane, but I still love this movie. I don't care. Um, uh, but in order for her, usually, okay, that's a direct connection between this B story and a story kind of person. But in, in order for her to get to that point, she had to have been kept alive by our protagonist anyway. Mm -hmm. And he had to have learned how to care for these kids in spite of his feelings. Otherwise they wouldn't have been there to save him. So I like that. Yeah. It's, it's a little unconventional. That's the word I was trying yeah. to find early. Uh, fun and games, the promise of the premise. Um, this, um, this movie really took some shortcuts in, even though it had a lot of setup stuff like that, it went, it breezed through the debate and break into two, you know, and the catalyst and all that stuff. And I think sometimes you see that in a lot of superhero movies and things like that because they want to get to, you know, the, the fun and games. Um, we see, uh, to me, that's, we see it when it, uh, the long neck, we, that's what my son calls them. <laughs> I don't know what to call them anymore. Cause they used to be brontosauruses, the whole tour thing, uh, seeing the scientists breaking the, the, the barriers, you know, to get up. It's, it's kind of a ride. Um, and then, you know, the egg opening, um, our second debate, uh, the car tour and, and Nedry getting eaten is is all part of that and the funny thing is we don't really like you said earlier they withhold uh, from us the dinosaurs we came to see the yeah. ones we paid to see uh the the brontosaurus i will never forget the first time i saw that on the screen it was absolutely mind-blowing and i still think it holds up really well um but we've seen it so much now but unless you were there in 1993 two years out of high school like i was <laughs> and um and you see that thing for the first time. I felt the same way 
that Dr. Grant did. I wasn't, you know, getting advice to put my head between my knees uh, because I was going to pass out. But you were just like, wow. Yeah. You know, no 3D, no nothing. Just you know, fully animated, realistic looking freaking dinosaurs. Yeah. It was so awesome. And, um, but, but all that to say, we didn't see a T-Rex. We didn't see a raptor, you know, except for a baby. They did a great job, even through the tour. I remember relating with that so well. You go on these safaris at Disney, you know, at Animal Kingdom or whatever, <laughs> and they're like, here are the giraffes, and there's freaking none. Yeah. And then we have a great selection of lions. There's like 30 of them up. Oh, oh I guess they're all dead, you know, because <laughs> there's none. And I love that. There's just leaves and signs, and the theme park just wasn't working. It was a beta, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, fun and games. So, uh, with, with the fun and games to me, this whole movie is fun and games. Uh, I think that is how, um, the way that they're able to bring in more of what you would consider setup, that, you know, all of the different explanations, um, of, di of different things. It's because it's so much fun. It's because, you know, not most of us don't know about, you know, dinosaurs and we don't know about DNA and it's like we, and they, and they explain it on a level that I can understand. And so it is fun. And so it's like, they get away with, with like, it's brilliant because the, the, the setup is fun in games and that's a part of it. Um, even the choice of making the DNA strand an animated character, that's really fun. It, it, it takes away like, um, what otherwise like normally whenever you hear people talking about like DNA and, and symbiomitosis or whatever the heck yeah. they were screaming about. It's like, you're, and even, even with that, like when, when Dr. Grant starts yelling and asking those questions, I'm like, uh, you just lost me. Yeah. However, How do you interrupt cellular mitosis? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, I have no clue what's going on with Can that. Can we see an unfertilized egg? Yeah. Sorry. But with but with the DNA being the, the, um, the animated and that whole, that whole thing is animated. It, it brings me as a viewer who knows nothing about that. It like, I'm not intimidated and yeah. I'm, and I'm drawn into that. Um, some of the other things with fun and games. Um, well, let me comment on that real quick. Yeah, Se yeah. Sesame street does the same thing. They teach the same. They have one theme through the whole thing and they teach it to you 700 different ways through a puppet, through a kid and a puppet, through an animated thing, through a guy carrying pies, you know, a song, uh, another conversation with the big bird and all this kind of stuff. And that's what I see here is there is a trail of information that we have to be educated about. And yeah. it starts right there at the beginning when we see the Amber and it goes all the way through, like you said, to Mr. DNA, they just switched up the method for conveying the information and it works. Yeah. And again, I, I, I say that it works because it's, cool, fun information, you know, kind of thing. And so and badly animated. Yeah. Cause I think like if you did, if you did like a, a really cool zombie movie, um, I could see this being like, okay, we're going to train you on how to kill zombies. Okay. So I, that's going to be fun in games, but also, but this is how zombies operate. Like that's a setup thing, mm -hmm. but it's a setup in a funny game. Fallout, anyway. Fallout does that. There's a game fallout. Okay. Post-apocalyptic world. And there, but there's this retro fifties animated there's, here's how to kill guys. Bioshock does the same thing when they teach you how to use the weapons and the things that you have. Very cool. Nice. Um, another thing that I want to, a couple things I want to point out with funding games. Um, when you, when you have like the, at the very beginning of act two, um, a lot of times what you're going to have is you're going to have like that, that true showing of not only the upside down world, but also you're a lot of times you have a false victory. Um, for your protagonist. And so a couple things here, uh, the lawyer at the beginning, 
is completely like not on board with this. And then the moment he sees the dinosaurs, we're going to make a fortune. fortune. Yeah. Yeah. So he's on board and no one else is like the people that were excited to come, you know, Grant and Statler, but now they're having questions about this stuff, which again, we talked about, they didn't actually know what they were coming to, but it's a, it's a complete reversal of what John Hammond wanted, which again is why I go back to, he's so complicated because he's very much an antagonist, but he's also very much a protagonist because what he wants more than anything else in the world is for man and dinosaur to coexist in harmony in real life for there to be safety. He wants to have a place that people can go to and safely interact with dinosaurs, see them. And he gets that. He totally gets that right there with the Brachiosaurus or whatever it is. That's not cold blooded and living in a swamp, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then they turn and they're not in They're Like that's the other part that I kind of scratch my head on. They're looking out over the Valley and they see all of the dinosaurs moving in herds. They're off the path. They're just like, they're, they're driving, like they're not on the tour. So apparently there's a part of the island where dinosaurs do roam free and mm-hmm. they do act completely natural. And those dinosaurs apparently are all herbivores and are very nice because they're not afraid to be there. So we get like everything that he ever wanted in life is happening right there. That's his false victory, um, his false sense of hope because it's, it's okay, movie's over. Like everyone's happy. Let's all go home now. Right. You know, it, it worked. Just, yeah. yeah, it could have worked. Um, and a couple of things with uh, the fun and games, uh, to kind of come back to the whole God deal. It's the wording that they use. Uh, you mentioned being present for the birth and, uh, of the, the Raptor for, um, for Grant, but even for uh, Hammond, he yes. says, I'm present for the birth I of insist. every living creature on this island. He doesn't say every dinosaur, and he totally <laughs> could have said that. He's, I mean, there's a, a, a lot of things he could have said, but I feel like they're trying to drive home that he has a God complex by using the words every living creature on this island. This is his world that he controls. He is God. Yeah, I, I think it's because, like you said, he he. It's not that he's there. He he says it it helps them warm up to me or exactly. something like that. Yeah, he thinks he can handle this. Yeah, he can keep it in his fist and he can handle it. Yeah, um, I think that over and over and uh, they 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 have the. W- the ticking clock. And I, I have it written in like five different spots on my first page of notes. And I don't necessarily know where I'm, my arrows are pointing to. Um, but they, they, they talk about like with, um, with Nedry, uh, in the beginning about, you know, have your guy at the dock at seven o'clock yeah. and then throughout, like when, when they go to view the cellular mitosis being interrupted, if I put that correctly, um, it's great because there's a voice over the intercom because they're just walking and it would be dead silence or it would be dead space in the film, but they take that opportunity to plug in an announcement, just a reminder to all staff, 1900 hours, blah, blah, blah. It's like, so they're, they're, they're continuing to throw uh, that time clock in there and it works perfectly. It's not forced. It's, you would do that at a job, especially if you're going to be trying to outrun a redirecting storm, you know, kind of thing. So that works. Uh, But the ultimate, or actually I have uh, one more. Well, isn't it nature also coming to, well, to, it's the to storm. Check on, the check on this thing to see if it can handle it. You know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's the the storm that is uh, about to be un- unleashed. But, uh, um, but yeah, I like when when Muldoon is uh, is introduced. Like that's 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 fun because again, we still don't see the stinking um, uh, raptors. Raptors, yeah. um, but we he he tells us all about them and their speed and all these different things, and he. You know, he, uh, you know, they should all be killed. They should all be shot, blah, blah, blah. But the ultimate part of the, of the debate, or I'm sorry, of the fun and games is that debate sitting around the table. Um, I think this is one of the few movies that can get away with. It's a lengthy scene where they're going back and forth and it's very heady. It's very philosophical. It's very much, uh, it's preachy. 
kind of. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's people arguing, so you kind of get away with it. But it's essentially three different people with the same viewpoint, and it's you know, I just I kind of always just come back to you know. People want to try and write safe movies and safe scripts and all that kind of stuff and appeal to a broad audience and they don't want to offend people, blah, blah, blah. This one is just like, nope, we're going to take a hard line on something. And whether you agree with them or not, like it's just, it makes for a more compelling well, yeah. uh, and, and, and tension filled story. But well, cloning, so. cloning was a hot button topic. You know, the, the sheep was cloned and everybody's, nobody understood what it really was. And, and yeah, is it playing God? And, and so, uh, yeah, this movie took on a lot of that. And yeah, it's stuff that we don't even really think about or even argue about today because everybody's like, oh, okay, so you just took the DNA and you injected it into an embryo or a or an egg and, and it just grew. It's not exactly the freaking same thing, you know? Yeah, so. yeah I have under fun and games, like I, I actually put a star and wrote the major point of all of this is Ian's argument that nature earns its genetic advancements, whereas John is trying to play God and he's, he's not allowing anything to be earned as we've already kind of talked about. He's forcing something that had its chance, you know, and blah, blah, blah. You know, they get into the whole condor thing. And so, yeah. um, but yeah, anyway, so moving on, cause I can interesting that the condor, what he mentioned and what he said back, you know, was that this wasn't, you know, something that basically progress with basically what Hammond was doing, and, yeah, yeah. had done to them. Um, so that's good stuff. All right. Midpoint. Um, I, I, I like the midpoint. I, this movie, I had to start there and then just kind of work my way back and forward to make sure that everything I was doing was, was, was pretty spot on. And, um, for me, midpoint was when we finally got to freaking see a T-Rex. Cause we're like, we wanted to see a T-Rex the whole time. Do you have a T-Rex? We have a T-Rex. And, and, uh, you know, they come by and they, they, they don't see the T-Rex. Oh, it's terrible. None of the dinosaurs. You want to see some freaking dinosaurs? Here's a dinosaur. (laughs) So he comes ripping through the thing and, and there he goes, man. It's a false, to me, it's a false victory. Uh, because, ah, see a dinosaur. It's awesome. Where's the goat? (laughs) Um, but then all of a sudden the stakes are raised as well because, science or uh dude gets eaten off the toilet <laughs> um which so, kind of warped me i want to say when i was when i was that age i i thought it was funny everybody laughed you know they see the guy on the toilet the the, the dinosaur kind of kinks his head sideways a little bit like a dogwood and everybody like Whoop. or a bird yeah oh <laughs> and then and then you know you think you'll just walk away or something no freaking eats him yeah <laughs> it's a little sad so i've got the midpoint slightly before that um, I'm sure you would, but I wait. dinosaur. You want to see a dinosaur? Yeah. That's how so, I do. So I have, I have the midpoint being the reason why we get to see the dinosaur. The midpoint is the fences fail um, because Nedry set his plan in motion, and basically another reason why, or one of the reasons that I have that is Hammond's dream is destroyed at that point. It, whereas in the beginning, it was you know the, his initial because you're running off Hammond time. Well, because again, Hammond time, but, but it's but it's coming. Hold on, because there's two of them right here. So the fences fail. Uh, Hammond's low point um, of of keeping people and dinos safe. It's no longer like everything that they've built towards and everything that they wanted with this. The whole point of this was to show that man and dinosaur can live together in the same world. As long as we have barriers, as long as we have control is the word that they keep using. Mm. That's everything that he wants. And it's all gone because those stinking fences were destroyed. So I have that as the low, as, as the midpoint, which is also a low point, not a high point. Um, but then with, with, um, Dr. Grant, there's the discussion with Malcolm about, uh, you know, 
checking on the kids. And this is where he fails. He fails because um, Malcolm asks him, you know, did you, how, how are the kids? I don't know. Did you ask? No, I didn't ask. And then there's that great line where he's just like, <laughs> well, why would I ask? You know, you know, there's no reason to be scared. Kids it's just get scared. Kids get scared. I'm not scared. Did you say, I'm, I didn't say you were scared. I'm just saying I'm not scared. You know, it's like, it's it, so there's, there's that relief there with the comedy or whatever, but that's, that's the low point also. That's the A story. Cause this is another part of, of the uh, midpoint A story and B story intersect. So for everyone, for both, or I should say for both Hammond and for Dr. Grant, our A story and B story um, cross there specifically for, um, for Dr. Grant, because, and, and it's a low point for both of them. It's a low point for him and his development of liking kids because he failed. He it's, you know, it's a scary thing and he doesn't take the time to actually ask how the kids are doing. That's great. So, That's awesome. I agree with you except for T-Rex. We finally freaking got to see a T-Rex, which dude. I have his bad guys closing in because we've I was seen, uh, uh-uh. no, no, it is. But <laughs> Because you're right. I mean, obviously, midpoint happens, boom, bad guys close in immediately. Uh, but freaking seeing a T-Rex, dude, you don't know. Yeah. T-Rex <laughs> is the most ama- – I mean, people have different dinosaurs now. I sure. still think T-Rex is still number one Absolutely. if you took a took a poll. But T-Rex, we yeah. got to see one. He ate stuff. He, he acted like a little cat, and he ate the bottom of the – yeah. Thing and then the thing sunk in the ground and it was awesome. Yeah. Well, um, and here's another thing that I just I want to throw out like with this is like if you were trying to build a log line and you wanted to have your midpoint in that log line like a, a little bit more of an expanded one, you wouldn't say but when the T-Rex comes crashing through because there's no like but why is the reason No, you'd say that when the power goes out. Yeah, yeah, you know, that kind of deal. But anyway, um, I agree. I'm but, just I'm just shirking everything and saying <laughs> T-Rex. And wh- another thing that I want to point out with the T-Rex cuz if we're if we're moving into bad guys close in. Yeah. Okay. So, here's another thing that I think is so brilliant about this movie. And something that I don't think many people would have the guts to try and do today. And that is we have 20 minutes of no music when the T-Rex comes through. If you go back and clock it, it's from like minute 58. Muldoon says something about like silence the T-Rex paddock or something, or maybe, no, maybe actually that's a different part, but anyway, but there's a, there's a spot with, it's at like minute 58 and it's great because during the whole next 20 minutes where they're fighting or they're, they're trying to get away from the dinosaurs. It, there's no music. And I'm sure, you know, like with scary movies, that's how, you know, something bad is about to happen because the music dies. It's really quiet and they scare you. Well, for this one, for 20 minutes, there's the tension is there because there's no music. It's so brilliant. And here's the other cool thing about it is the music doesn't come back in until the car is falling in the tree. Mm. And what I love about that is I feel like they're trying to use this as a storytelling device where they're saying nature is powerful enough that it doesn't need any help. Even from us as filmmakers, we don't need to make it scarier than it really is. I would argue the T-Rexes are so freaking awesome that they don't need anything. That, and I'm joking. But in reality, I, I, I still remember the first time I ever saw it, just sitting there, taking this in. And not only did we... All right, a lot of filmmakers make a mistake, in my opinion, and Lucas does not do this, of... of um, you mean Spielberg? No, I mean Lucas, oh, Lucas. Uh, okay, from sorry. a different thing. But um, a lot of old sci-fi stuff, they spend a lot of time celebrating their own imagery. And so you see these shots of this starship or or this building or this location, and they, 
you see the T-Rex, he's not stretching or doing some sort of King Kong beating his chest moment. From the very first scene, I thought it was really odd because I went and done it this way. He's tearing those cables apart. You see him in mid-action, not even at the beginning of his motion. Yeah. And he doesn't stop moving the whole time. And the action just it gets better and better and more and more intense. I yeah. remember when I was a kid and I still are younger and I still do it every time now when that thing flips over and start and I'm like, oh God, that sucks. They're going to get crushed. And then they start going down in the dang mud. <laughs> I'm like, they're going to drown to death. That is, they're going to drown in mud. And it just freaks you out. And then yeah. he's eating tires. And all this kind of stuff. And you're right. I never noticed there was no music, but well, that's it, why, because it's a T-Rex. Exactly, exactly. And and there there's throughout the film, they use music very specifically. Like I that's one of the things about like the Spielberg movies, like the soundtrack is always epic and amazing. Um, Except the Jurassic Park one, there's this one track and it's called T-Rex Attack. Quiet. Twenty minutes. All right, you you're you're right. <laughs> uh, but when they're flying to the island, there's like just this triumphant. Oh, I don't yeah. know. It's probably just called like John flying Williams, to the island, dude. John. Okay, there we go. You know more about it than I do. So I guess I should be praising that guy. But uh, but the way that they they use it is to me again. It's they use the music when they're trying to build something up, something that has been man-made, um, you know, that needs a little bit of extra oomph. That's what they do. But when it, when it's the dinosaurs, whenever it's this 20 minute period right here, when we finally get the promise of the premise, it's, it's just, there's no music. They let them just do their thing. And then again, it, once the car starts to fall, the man-made thing, that's not as terrifying all on its own. I mean, yes, it's a falling car and all that stuff. However, it's like, that's whenever they have to like kind of ratchet up you know, the, the, the suspense by adding the music to it. So I just thought it was great that the natural things don't need our help, but the unnatural ones do. Right. So anyway, well, the truck truck going over the edge and, and him swinging back and forth to grab that second branch or that vine or whatever it was. Oh no, it was cable. It was yeah, yeah. Being cable. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so crazy, you know, as far as intensity goes, um, and, and I know that the whole scene with the tree these days gets a lot of flack from the youngins from what, from kids and stuff that review movies. I'm talking about 20 somethings uh, because the tree gets stuck in or the car gets stuck in a tree and the car literally drives down the trunk of a tree and, and it could never do that in real life. Chaos theory says it could. <laughs> Amen. I had never heard that, but, uh, but no, that thing going down and the kids and the going and then, and then it hits the ground and they move forward and fall and the thing poof, falls on them and it, and it, and they're now we're in the car again. Great line. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's wonderful to me. And I think it's cause I don't know. I think you had to be there. I don't well, know. It depends and, on when you saw it, I guess. And, and with that scene, like I, the thing that I love about that scene is I think to myself, you know, they didn't have to have that. Like there's enough, um, bad guys closing in going on. This movie is over two hours long. Like they didn't need to necessarily have that scene in there. And so, um, but I'm glad they did well, because what I feel like they're trying, one of the, the visual things that is happening here is now we have a tree, a living natural thing that is protecting them from the man-made truck. That is the thing that ultimately is trying to not trying are you just to kill screwing them. With me no, now? I'm being dead serious. It's like that stuff. You okay. don't just put a, a, a scene in a movie for the heck of no, it. I, I mean, agree. if it's, especially if, if it's one like this, I, and so, I'm just so fundamental though. I'd, I'd be like, this is just where they divided him up. They kill one guy off, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jane Austen had already gone off and done her thing. Uh, Hammond's back of the deal. 
Um, well, and I agree with you because sometimes the midpoint is the coming together. It's the party. And in, in this case, it's a low moment. It's a dispersion. And I totally agree with you. What I'm saying is they, they, the, the tree, the, it didn't have to be done that way. Mm, mm. That's all that I'm saying. And I feel like they took the opportunity and said, okay, so how can we, how can we take this scene and actually put more of the theme into the scene? Because that's the goal is every scene so, needs to so deal with the theme. nature was attacking them and now nature is saving them. Sort of, yeah. I mean, life will find a way. Kind of, I mean, I, I, it's not a, I'm not like saying that you, it's yeah, absolute. You wouldn't put money on it, but yeah. It's no, good. no, no. It's I'm just saying it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's fun to pretend I like, like I'm I right. I like the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I like the tree. The other thing with that tree though is, is also that a little while later, they're going to find refuge in a tree. Mm. Whereas now the, I mean, and granted the tree did, and let's move on. Sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that scene takes a lot of heat too. Cause it's like, okay, a moment ago, the T-Rex walked out of there. And now there's a 60 foot drop, you know, over the same embankment. Oh, yeah, and, uh, I never would have thought of that. And yeah. I've thought of it and I saw it on, you know, uh, cinema sins and, and I, I love cinema sins and I hate cinema sins at the same time. Cause I'm just like, just let it go. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think, you know, there was different parts, Yeah, you know, different areas. Well, and, and one last important. thing before we move on from this specific spot, um, this is also, uh, with a bad guys close in thing, we have Dr. Grant who doesn't seem to care about kids risking his life Stuck for the very him. first time going back up after the kid. Um, when that's kind of a stupid thing. <laughs> I mean, that he's got one of the kids, you cut your losses and say, Hey, would you rather have one or blah, blah, blah. Um, uh -huh. so he actually shows his first sign of growth right after he showed that he had failed. Um, and then not only that, but he actually shows compassion on, on Tim, whenever the whole, like I threw up I on threw myself up. and it's just like, I'm not gonna, I won't, I'm, I won't tell anybody, but here's the other thing is at the very beginning when he and Dr. Sadler are, are kind of ascending that hill, one of his things is that they're, they're expensive and they're, they're, they're dirty, they're gross and all that. Well now and they smell, some it, of them smell mine does, but, um, <laughs> But yeah, so here we actually see one of those things on his list that he's actually saying, yeah, I see this and I'm, mm, it's, it's okay. They're dirty. Like, yeah. So he's, he's growing. This is the first sign of growth for him in the film, uh, for his, for his arc. But, so. but uh, like we talked about before, it is odd to me that yes, this is happening and yes, it's important, but him and, and. I guess, like I said earlier, if they, if he never took care of them, they couldn't, he couldn't have been there to open and close the doors or whatever. Okay. That's the closest I can get to them getting some sort of payback out of this. Uh, but him becoming a lover of children is not necessary in any way, in my opinion, other than that, to the story and the, re the resolution of the story. Uh, we'll get to that. Is that important? I, th I think that they do. But anyway, we'll, okay. we'll come to that. But. Well, the power goes out. Um, I like that we're being hunted. We get to see raptors for the first time and do what they're doing. And, and uh, you know, he gets, uh, homeboy gets eaten. He gets hunted. Uh, clever girl. You know, yeah. that whole thing. Um, and the kids and the raptors in the kitchen. Uh, one of my favorite scenes. Not my favorite scene, but one of my favorite scenes is that Jello Jiggler deal where they're eating and he, his hair's all puffed up because he got electrocuted. He's walking funny like he's got to stick up his butt and uh, there's all this pudding. There's just pudding everywhere but <laughs> and they eat it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I thought that Spare was no like expense. Everyone knew that they were leaving the island at 1900 hours, but for some reason they're like, oh crap, we forgot about all the pudding. So did so. Grant sin when he left the children unattended? 
Was there any consequences for that? That is always something where I'm like, you know, did he just assume that that? I don't know why he Because Ellie that. Like, was outside. She had just found out. The that, Raptors yeah, are alive. Yeah, the Raptors are alive. Free. Run! Yeah. You know, and by the way, just a small thing. Um, she and he are about the same size. Okay. It's height wise, I would say. I, I'm married to a short lady. Um, when he runs, when she runs at him, she throws herself at him, legs and all up in the air. I don't think you should be allowed to do that <laughs> if you have the same height as your as your man. Uh, only if you're a little person. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. I only got one life. I got a little lady. She can do that. There all she needs to do if there's a raptor chasing her. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the kids and the raptors in, in the kitchen. Great scene. Great scene. Um, all is lost. Now, the whiff of death is usually in here. There's been death all through this movie, or at least in parts after the midpoint. Um this is where I stopped. <laughs> Remember I told you eventually I was going to just hand the, hand the, the sure. hat to you. And, uh, I, I don't know where I thought this was because a lot of people die in, in very short succession right after the, the midpoint. Yeah. Um, but was there a point where it was the lowest of the low and, and, and maybe it wasn't a person that died. Maybe it was a concept, but, to me, the closest thing I could come to, it was something off camera. You hear a shotgun and they've come through the windows or something, you know, cause, cause they got the door closed. Okay. But then they have to run. I, I don't know. What was it? So I'm, I'm way before that, like that. Good. Like the, um, so I, I will go ahead and just, was it go Safari on. Sam dying? Safari Sam. No, no. <laughs> No, um, so I will go on record and say that I'm with you. That with all is lost, dark night of the soul. Um, I'm. I think I, I. I feel good about what I. What I think, but okay. I. I. I'm definitely open to uh, someone. So you're a little shaky wrong. on it too. Maybe? Yeah, I mean, just, maybe it was spread real thin over the whole thing, like fun well, games was. Well, no, I, I don't necessarily mean like that. I'm just saying I. I just I might be wrong. So so if you remember when I was describing the midpoint, it was a low point. And so if your all is lost oh, is the inverse, crap. then it's got to be a good moment. So to me, the the good moment is the tree. They climb the tree, man and dino are together again. Like they're, they're, they're sitting up in the tree. Everyone's mm -hmm. safe. They can sleep there. And, and he even says like, oh, I'll, I'll protect you from the monsters. Um, you'll be fine. But then he ends up falling asleep, whatever. There's another sin. He's lazy, but, um, <laughs> I'd have fallen asleep too. They've been running for like a day well, and a yeah, half. Yeah. So. You say that to your kids, but yeah. you don't mean it. But, but that, but that shows that like okay, there is like a certain breed of dinosaur that we can coexist with. So that's our high point. Um, as far can as I, the can death, I say my high point? Yeah. Since it's, I forgot about that whole freaking thing about midpoint and in, in this, I'm going to say it's, uh, um, it's a Unix system. I know this. I'm going to say <laughs> it's when they finally get the locks engaged and everything. I mean, cause think about it. The, the, the power went out. Uh, now we got, we got to access main program grid, you know, blah, blah, damn is that crap, you know, um, she, Ellie goes out and flips the breakers and turns on all the systems. And then finally though, still the doors aren't functioning and she does it. It's a big moment. They think they've won. Yay. Yeah. But I put yay. that in the finale. I, I well, good, good. Cause I don't <laughs> know what that is either. All right. Um, so just as far as to but what kinda, died. So, okay. So that's what I feel is, is dying. There is, um, the, uh, uh, uh Lex, yeah, Lex. Um, she even asks 
And it's, it's a little bit, in, in my opinion, like it felt a, almost a little bit like out of place. Um, but she says something about, you know, well, what are you going to do now? And he's, uh, you know, I can't remember. I, I wish I'd have written it down, but she asked Dr. Grant, like, well, what are you and Dr. Sattler going to do mm-hmm. now? And he says, I guess we'll just have to evolve. And he throws the talent. So I feel like that's a death of his old way of thinking. That's the ah. death of his love for Raptors. It's could be the death of his career. That that's the weird thing about that moment is it feels like she's kind of saying, Oh, well, we're going to get out of this, but they're still going to sign off on this thing. And you're and, and, and scientists are going to be able to come here and study these things, but not regular people. And so I don't know, like that, that's why I feel like that part was a little bit weird to me. There's just the way that she asked that question, which I mean, you know, this movie came out in 1993. And so we know for sure that there was nobody reading a save the cat book at that point, but it's almost forced. Like in my opinion, like that little conversation, just, it's just the way that she says it, I guess. But anyway, so that's, that's my death. A lot of her lines are like that though, for me, for, with her character anyway. Yeah. I don't think she was as, as good of a, an actor as, as her male counterpoint. And I'm real picky on my kids, you know, kids sure. are kids yeah. either do it or they don't, you know, uh, the worst part is when a kid is in a horrible situation. Um, you know, a monster has killed their parents and they're just looking through the stairway slats at this with a no emotion whatsoever, yeah. <laughs> but at least Ellie, you know, or the kids do that. So, yeah. Um, uh, but so, yeah. no, that's a good point. It's a good point. I never thought he threw away the the claw, though. I thought he kind of dropped it, but on accident. But maybe I'm wrong. I have to watch it. I just I just remember him just kind of tossing it, and that whole idea of evolving is kind of will come back into play here in a minute. But anyway, so yeah, that's so that's uh, all dark. Is lost. That the all is lost starts the dark night of the soul, um, where we're hitting bottom and wallowing in hopelessness. Um, is this when he reconnects? Back at the uh, the center there, um, I'll just kind of tell you what I have. That the Raptors are loose and stuff. Well, I have for Dark Knight of the Soul, Hammond eating the ice cream conversation. Uh, that whole thing is like another. It's an it's another debate because that's another mirror image. Is you know your your Dark Knight of the Soul is very much you know or all is lost is kind of a catalyst. A lot of times, I, I don't. I'm not going to go back and talk about all is lost. Um, being a catalyst for anything because uh, I can't make that case, but the dark night of the soul, there's another conversation. There's another sort of kind of debate of, you know, cause he's still talking about like, he hasn't learned his lesson. He's still talking about, well, when we rebuild, you know, we depended too much on automation. So he's kind of given up a little bit where it's like, okay, technology isn't fully the answer. Like, but we have to find more control. So he's still fighting for creation that. So, is a force. Of yes. True, pure will. Exactly. Next and then time we'll get it perfect. There you go. And then she starts talking about control is an illusion. Um, and, and she even brings back the whole thing about not respecting all of this. So all of our things f- that everyone's been trying to preach to this guy, the whole movie all come back here. And so I feel like, you know, y- your all is lost moment is with Grant, but the dark Knight of the soul is primarily with, with, with John. Um, you know, John will never have control. That's the bottom line. He's finally, he's hit rock bottom. There's no, the, the, he's, he's lost control and he will never have it again. These dinosaurs have to be killed and, and, and on it goes. Um, there, the, the, there's the great thing where he ends that scene. And you mentioned this earlier, they're, eat, they're eating the ice cream, whatever. And she says, oh, this is really good. And he says, spare, spare no, no expense. expense. And so he's, again, trying to heal everything with the money. But for the first time when he says that line, he's actually sad about it. Mm. And it's like, 
and 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 honestly, like I feel like the next time I watch this movie, so tomorrow probably, <laughs> I'm really gonna focus on every time he says, you know, that line because I really feel like there's something to the progression of the story and how he says that and on and it goes. But um, uh, some other parts in Dark Knight of the Soul is when they find the dinosaur eggs and life found a way. So they, yeah. this is dark night of the soul because guess what? We will never control them. Then they get into the whole discussion about the, the amphibian DNA and, and they, uh, it's great too, because they, they, they talked about that early, early, early in the movie. So much has happened. Most likely we would forget that. And it's great that just the, the story organically allows him to reiterate that because the kids weren't there. So we get a reminder to the audience, um, of why this is possible and, and, and it's not didactic. It's just, I mean, it, it, it's great the way that they work that in. So, um, so that's another dark night of the soul is, you know, just the fact that, yeah, we, we, there, there is no way to control this life is going to find a way. Um, and then there's one final part of the dark night of the soul where they start to have the discussion of whether or not they're going to shut down the power or the system or okay, whatever. Reboot, so that's, yeah. so Samuel L. Jackson, who twice we get to hear him tell us to hold onto our butts. Um, <laughs> and he smokes the entire film. Um, I swear. I think you, you see his mouth is so pursed on that thing. I was lo- watching it and I had it enlarged and I'm like, he had to have come back and, and re-recorded his lines because he's so eloquent. Yeah. <laughs> and, but that mouth never moved. I had a little, little sugar ash bouncing yeah. on, on his lip. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, so I think that's that's right before our break into two or break into three is you know there that's how are we going to solve all this stuff? Well, we're going to have to shut this down. There's a little bit of a debate there, um, you know, because they're going to have to kill you know the power and on and on it goes. So good deal. Yeah. So what is our break into three? People man? are dying. Ugh. He finally steps forward. Finally, after all this time, John Hammond steps forward um, and says that people are dying and he starts screaming and he finally has some sort of a change. And I think that's, to me, that's my break into three. Okay. People are dying. There you go. Yeah. Because they're arguing, right? Down the the thing. Yeah, yeah, Malcolm's laid up. Yeah, and, and uh, Looking sexy. Jackson Jackson is saying, you know, I'm not going to do this. I, I'm not your guy. I'm not going to shut down the system and mm. blah, blah, blah. And so. It's good. It's good stuff. All right, so finale. Uh, Breaking the three starts the finale. Um, so, so where do they sit together and have the plan? Is that there at the table with the blueprints and the we're gonna get the um, the, the the flashlights and the walkie talkies and and it should be me, not you, because I'm a and you're a you know that whole thing. Well, so, I th- I think it kind of yeah, yeah I like I, <laughs> we'll talk about sexism when we get back. Which and you know, survival is, is another yeah. is another theme throughout the whole thing. You know because they have that scene early on where it's just like man creates dinosaur god ball. They go through that <laughs> woman eats man. Oh yeah. wait, I messed it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I thought that was a little great payoff there at the end uh, for her. But um, so I think that you know we we get a glimpse of what the plan is during that dark night of the soul moment where they're, they're saying, well, okay, well, we got to shut this down. So then they do, they, they, they're breaking it three. You know, he says, you know, people are dying. So they agree that they're going to shut down the system. Um, and so that's the, and this is where I kind of go. There's a lot that happens in this finale. There's not five points. There's a variety. They're all, all five of them are in there, but I, but there's that's why a I had lot such a more. problem and I'm glad it wasn't just me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just, it works, even though it doesn't oh, yeah. follow, you know, 
it, it's not it's not as clean. But but it's not Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy was like a poster child for this uh, five sure. point finale thing: sure. gathering the team, executing the plan, high tower surprise. They can't yeah. beat the guy. You know, dig deep down and let's catch the thing in the air and then yeah. we fire. Yeah, this one doesn't do yeah. all that. So I so maybe you know the the people are dying and then they agree that they're going to shut down the system. Maybe that's you know the break into three because then, like you said, the the plan is they're talking you know about the schematics and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it's the first plan. They put it into action. You have to help me because I don't remember all the five steps. But like they 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 take action or something like gather that. gather the team. Yeah. And then what's the second one? Uh, executing the plan. Yeah. So she she goes with Muldoon um, over to to the breaker house. And she place and separated. Yeah. For some reason, is on the complete opposite side of the compound or whatever. Yeah. Um. So so she gets there and she shuts it. She or she turns everything back on. And so then the the surprise is. Not only she doesn't know it, but the surprise is, you know, Raptors. Well, that that's the one she does know about. So that's the surprise is that homeboy's dead because his arm is on her shoulder. Yeah, but, and, but she doesn't know about Raptors being loose, though, does she? Until that moment. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm, okay. there's also, you know, this, the, the surprise that happens where the light or the power comes back on and Timmy gets zapped and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so, but that has nothing to do with her necessarily. Um, you know, but, but those are surprises, things that you're not expect. There's, there's a twist. There's something that that's not a part of the plan, I guess is, is, mm-hmm. uh, all, all these, these things that are taking place. Um, so yeah, I just wrote in shorthand, I put Raptors, like you said, <laughs> but, uh, uh, and then I can't read my own handwriting. So what's the next one? Dig it, deep down. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the old and new come together. So, um, that's when they get into that room and he's trying to hold back the door and he can't quite do it. And so Sattler, who we don't necessarily know if she knows a whole lot about computers, she's not anti like he is, but she's kind of, you know, trying to do something, but she's at the wrong computer and whatever. She runs back over to help him because she says, you know, you can't do this on your own. So this is, you know, is Grant having to actually, um, depend on these kids. He has to trust these kids that he's going to hold this back. Lex is going to get in front of the, the deal and she's going to actually reboot the Omni and Omnisex, whatever, what was it called? Unisex system. Uh, 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 Are these, uh, audio erotica? Yeah. (laughs) I wrote that down somewhere (laughs) on my paper, but, uh, no, what's the, it's the system that you keep making fun of. Unix. Unix. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, So, so that's the, that's the, you know, he has to dig down deep and, 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 trust these kids for the first time in his life that, Hey, you know what you're doing. Not only is he having to trust the kids, but he's also having to trust the technology. And this is that, that coming together of old and new, um, you know, strength versus, uh, efficiency, you know, meaning his strength on the door, her efficiency with the computer and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, and then from there, it's just run <laughs> to get out. Well, that's but, what I'm saying. It's, it was hard for me to, 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 figure out what was what in there because you're right. Uh, the plan was to reboot the system and get the th- fences back online, but that didn't help with their immediate problem. Sure. No, I agree with you there. And I think that's where the high tower surprise was is like, now it doesn't matter that we have these on because the flipping Raptors are right here in the compound. And, and, and there's no dig deep down moment to me uh, because who saves the day? What, who comes in? To save them. T-Rex. It's not them or their wits. It's, it is T-Rex. And I'm glad it was T-Rex. T-Rex! Yeah. You know, stay well, full. And, I, and I, I like that it's T-Rex because I don't, and I don't feel like that it's a, um, you know, that it's, you know, it's cheating. I don't feel like it's a. And can I guess why? Sure. Because it was nature taking care of nature. Exactly. Not 
the the world taking care of exactly. It. That's exactly why I feel like it's not cheating. It's not you know Deus ex machina machina, yeah, machina. mock me for not knowing how to pronounce it. But anyway, right. um, yeah. So that that I I'm I, I'm with you that you know then we have the spot after all the things I described where for you know they say oh they're gonna come in through the glass and then they have mm. to fight they shoot at him and then Hammond starts screaming and I'm not 100 percent sure why he's screaming because. He's, you know, a, he's a girl. They, well, they had to make him a girl. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I do want to say this. It has nothing to do with story. It just has to do with something well done. And that scene where Ellie, or not Ellie, who's a girl, Lex, yeah. falls through the drop ceiling and squiggles around, looks up at the camera, you know, and that, that, that raptor's down there trying to get on his feet and then jump every time. Every time I know how it's going to play out, but it is so close. It is. I can feel it. I can feel her getting bit. Yeah. And if uh, someone ever wanted to majorly mess me up, you'd go and you'd recreate that scene and have it grab her and pull her down (laughs) just one time. But uh, my kids love it. I love it. It's just, it's fantastic. It is one of the best. It's not a jump scare. I I guess it kind of is in that realm. Because he's jumping. Yeah. But, but you know, it's coming. Um, it's just fantastic. I, I did a lot of reading on the special effects back in the day when I was younger. I just love this movie. I bought posters. I have, I still have a collector's set of, of, uh, tops, uh, cards, all the cards yeah. in, in a binder and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, I know for a fact they used a stunt double for, for that, a, a full grown woman. And then they CGI'd the face of oh, Lex wow. over the top. Yeah. One of the, one of the special effects that nobody really notices. And, and one of the first times that was done, and um, and you'll notice next time uh, that she has hips in that one scene, <laughs> and then after that she's back to being yeah. twelve or whatever. So yeah. uh, well, one thing that I can't I can't go past and I can't not mention is that moment when they're up in the 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 ducks and the uh, the raptor stands up on the table oh, and, and the, you see the four letter genetic code like splashed across his face. It's like, don't that, know how, but it's there. It, yeah. I don't know what projector was on, <laughs> but I, yeah. And that's exactly what I say. And I forgive it, you know, because it's just, it looks it's awesome. It well, it looks awesome. And it, it's like right there. There's your point. Like, it's like, look what you made. Like, and you made it, you know, out of, you know, you took your, your wisdom that you are not wisdom. You took, information that you didn't earn and you didn't respect. And this is what your, your science built, you know, yeah, it's, it's just, it's so great. So great. All right. So, um, I love the sound of the final T-Rex roar as the poster falls down around him. I'm sure that's symbolic. Uh, the fact that they crushed the, the bones, I'm sure is symbolic. Uh, but, (laughs) but I always remember being very, and I talked to other people, um, just, not real impressed with the final image. Yes, in the in the cockpit we see the kids on him and and you know everything's as it should be, but he looks out and you see these birds, you know, these pelicans flying over the thing and we were supposed to see raptors swimming. That's the thing <laughs> we were all waiting for is something would happen where these things would start treading water, you know, like hey, we're coming to get you. You know, um you're never going to be safe from us. But uh, but it just kind of went away, you know. Da, na, na, so you don't na, like na, the 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 closing image? No, I love it. Okay, tell me tell me why. So number one, we get uh, to there's see, no raptors. So there's, just... there's there's no raptors, um, which is you know a relief. But no, we get to see <laughs> uh, Doctor Grant with the kids like that final time. He's kind of having that very subdued look 
conversation thing back and forth with Dr. Sattler. Um, but the reason why I love the, the, the closing image and I, I, is because, okay, they do have to get off the island, obviously. And so it's kind of like, okay, well, the story's done. We're not going to tell you anymore. But with this movie, it's more than that. It's they're looking out the window and they see that bird. This is, again, that collision of old and new. Two birds. Okay, two birds, whatever. Um, you see birds. And so the, he, that's, that's his, it's nature has, our life has found its way. The dinosaurs died out. They evolved and became these birds. This is the new world order because dinosaurs are no more. The bird is there. Plus you have a, the natural bird that's flying. And mm-hmm. then you have these people in the man-made bird, quote unquote, oh. the helicopter that are, that's flying beside them. And so you see, I just got John, chills. You see, <laughs> not really. But. You see John Hammond's uh, like, this is as close that you're going to get to having, you know, nature and man coexist or, or those like it didn't work mm-hmm. 65 million years ago. It's not going to, you know, the dinosaurs and man aren't going to work together. However, dino or, uh, birds and man, are simpatico. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that thing where how it should have ended. Um, <laughs> uh, Ian Malcolm should have grabbed Hammond's knee. He, uh, Hammond, where does the raptor bite? Hammond Hammond swings his amber tipped uh, with a with a with a uh, you can see a seam in it when it was cast. By the way, uh, and it hits the door. He falls through the door, and a raptor eats him. No, from out of the no. Water. Ian swallows the the amber thing and becomes the fly. <laughs> oh wait, that that movie came out. Brundle fl- fly. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. So, so I love the final image. Good, but anyway, so. good deal. Well, guys, I guess that's it. Uh, just uh, thank you so much for listening to us. I want to mention our contest from uh, from last week we or week before. We mentioned that if you came to our Facebook page and uh, suggested a movie, we would. Uh, put you in a drawing and there was about six or seven of you. And um, we, we did that and randomly picked from random.org doc X E N. I'm going to say Zen maybe cause X is hard to pronounce. Uh, doc Zen. If you uh, hear this message me um, through Facebook with your address and we'll send you a copy of save the cat. If uh, doc Zen doesn't hear, hear this before next episode, I will pick, the second in line. Uh, we also wanted to do a drawing for our Patreon supporters because we love Patreon supporters and we want to thank you. And our winner uh, there was Aaron Huey. And um, I'm sure he just did a little whoop right there. Um, so Aaron, uh, same thing. Just message me and I will get those books drop shipped straight from Amazon right to you. You can have Kindle format. You can have the real thing. I don't care. You, can, uh, I just can't sign it. Cause I didn't write it or anything. Hmm. Uh, so be, be on the lookout every time guys. Uh, once in a while, we're, we're going to give you the movie we're reviewing, or we're going to send out another copy of the book. Um, and Patreon, um, obviously doubles or triples your chances of getting selected. So, uh, our next movie, um, we wanted to do despicable me, but my kids lost the DVD. So I can't, uh, lend that out to my, my friend here. So we're going to do my number one favorite movie probably of all time. Uh, Toy Story. I'm excited. But much requested. And, uh, By me. <laughs> and it's a family comedy, so that always helps. And uh, we're going to see how Buzz Lightyear holds up. I, I am a hardcore Buzz Lightyear fan, and we'll talk more about that next time. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Visit us online. The website is moviebeatdown.com. 
where you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, support the podcast for just a dollar an episode. If you would visit moviebeatdown.com slash donate for more information, email your comments and movie suggestions or suggestions in general to moviebeatdown at gmail.com. Maybe we'll read them right here on the, uh, on the show. And that's all. So Polly, thanks so much, dude. My pleasure. You really had my back on this one. And, uh, cause I was lost completely lost. And I, I learned a lot about um, the importance of fake trees. So we'll see you guys uh, next time right here on uh, Movie Beatdown. Peace. Visit nlcast.com for other great NLcast network shows. That's right, Patreon uh, supporters. Don't forget to pick up your bonus material at uh, patreon.com slash moviebeatdown. Peace.